Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to A Day of Prayers Bible Study. This is time we take and spend as a family in the mornings um, in devotional, spending time with each other, but most importantly with the Holy Spirit. So we're glad you have some time to join us today. Um, let's get into the Word. Promise, will you open us up in prayer? Yes. Okay. God, I just thank you for showing us the correct way to go about your business and just showing us how things are done correctly and not showing us the wrong way. God, I thank you for just being there to support support us and not leaving us when we need you. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. And we just allow you to guide us and have your way in our time together. Amen. In Jesus' name. All right. So 1 Samuel chapter 28. Uh, we're just going to read this chapter straight through. Um, so it's not really a good place to, to stop and, and pause. It's all just kind of one event. So we're going to just discuss it as one event. So um, get some volunteers to read it. And we'll split... Uh, Switch off at verse 13, okay? Yes, did. I'll read first. Okay, Layla. Now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. And Achish said to David, You assuredly know that you will go out with me to battle, you and your men. So David said to Achish, Surely you know what your servant can do. And Achish said to David, Therefore I will make you one of my chief guardians forever. Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city, and Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shinim. 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 Mm -hmm. So Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid. And his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams, or by Yerim, or by the prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, In fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes. And he went, and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, Please conduct a seance for me, and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Then the woman said to him, Look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, 
I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, What is his form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that this was that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called you, that you may reveal to me what I should do. Then Samuel said, So why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his wrath, fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel into, your, into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel, and there was no strength in him. We had not eaten no food all day or all night. And the woman came to Saul and saw that he was severely troubled and said to him, Look, your maidservant has obeyed your voice, and I have put my life in my hands, and heeded the words which you have spoke to me. Now therefore, please heed also the voice of your maidservant, and let me set a piece of bread before you, and, and eat, that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. So his servants together with the woman urged him, and he heeded their voice. Then he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. Now the woman had fed a calf in the house, and she hastened to kill it. And she took flour and kneaded it, and baked unleavened bread from it. So she brought it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they rose and went away that night. Sweetie, go back and reread verse 19 for me, please. And slow down just a little bit. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Amen. Amen. So, are there any questions? Any comments? Or most importantly, anything that the Holy Spirit revealed to you? Um, I kind of found it interesting that when Saul was originally first talking to the woman, that she, he said, I swear by the Lord that no punishment comes upon you. That's paraphrasing it. I find it interesting that he was being wicked, but still trying to swear on the Lord and saying, the Lord will do this for you because you have helped me. Yes, he didn't say the Lord would do anything, but he's right. trying to call upon the Lord and invoke him like... Um, he has some integrity and that he's a believer and a follower of the Lord. So, yes, it is, it is very odd that he's behaving and engaging in witchcraft, but still going, the Lord's going to be my, he's going to make sure that I keep my word, basically, you know. All kinds of wrong. As though backwards. Yes. God is his God. But you can see clearly he's not and that he's willing to do anything. Like, it doesn't. If he goes through the first things and it doesn't work, witchcraft is still on his list of try that next, which is 
crazy. I mean, like, that's just, that's very, very, um, <laughs> um, double, like, double-minded. That's, that's very odd for this person to go, oh, let's just go on the list. This is just as good. I'll hear some way or the other at any point, but I, we don't see an account of him repenting. You know what I mean? He's saying God's not answering me by, by, um, the, by dreams or the Urim, uh, referring to the Urim and the Thummim, little stones that they would roll to see, you know, mm -hmm. the Lord would Trust change them to see what they should do. Um, like the ones Abiathar took with him when he went to go meet David. Abiathar? Is that right? The priest that, the priest. Uh, yes, that went with David after uh, he saw his father and everyone, all the other priests killed. Um, yes, he took one with him as well. So so there's that. Anyone have anything else? I wondered why he put out all the mediums in the land, but he still had all these other things that weren't of the Lord, I would say, in, in the land. Like he idols? Yes, idols. Um, so he, it's like he only halfway partially put away the sin because now you still have idols which is still another gateway you can use to do witchcraft which is still yet another gateway you can use to separate yourself from the lord if you want and cause others to sin so uh, but well, it doesn't make any sense right we feel the same way absolutely yes, <laughs> yes. we do why why would you do that right because it doesn't make any sense why would you do one thing but not the other? Why don't you just, as we should, follow and serve the Lord completely, wholly, fully, being obedient to everything he says, mm -hmm. everything he instructs you to do? A little leaven leavens the whole lump and partial obedience, which is what the first event that we saw Saul really get in trouble over, right? Yes. Was yes. King Agag. Was that his name? Yes. Where Samuel had to hack him into pieces because the people took the best of the, the, the treasures of the land and King Saul left that other king that God said utterly destroy everything, left it, left them alive. And that was, God said, you didn't obey what I said. And he's like, I did. Of course I did. Well, I did two-fifths of what you said or two-tenths. You know, like, that that's not the same thing. That kind of behavior is disobedience. And God doesn't go, well, you got two out of five, right? So come on in. Because it's within your power to do the whole thing. Otherwise, he wouldn't have asked. He wouldn't have given you a commandment that it's impossible for you to follow or have any kind of means to get through. Also, let's, let's get down to the core of this. When Saul's asking, what is he asking for or about? He was asking Samuel so that way he could win the battle. Hmm. So that way he may know the plan so he could win. Okay. As opposed to what? What the Lord wanted him to do. Hmm. But why would he ask for that? Because he's been in opposition with the Lord for such a long time. So now he's seeking for selfish 
you could say selfish gain, right? I want to know, Lord, help me, all the rest of it, and not help as in just help me get through this, but or and help as in forgive me, I repent, and bring me back to you, help restore me back to yourself. It was, I want this. That's something that we should check our own self and our own relationship and interactions with the Lord. Because the Lord is not obligated to speak to us. Especially when we're in opposition to Him. Mm-hmm. He's not obli- He's God. And we are supposed to be His people. It's not, I just, for lack of a better way to phrase it, call on or summon the Lord at will, mm-hmm. like He's supposed to come run to me and help mm-hmm. me. That's, that's backwards. That's a relationship that's upside down. Right, the foot doesn't tell the head what to do, right? Yes. Okay. So, much in the same way, we have to come right and be in a right relationship with the Lord. If we're not, repent. Repent. Come back in to alignment, to the grace, to the protection, to all those things that the Lord offers His children. If we're in opposition to him, what is the point and purpose of him answering us? Because then it's not about a relationship with the Lord. It's not about being obedient. It's not about glorifying and honoring him. It's about our own our own stuff, our own thoughts, our own lusts, our own desires. Hmm. And it's in opposition to him and his will. If someone is fighting with you, it's probably not a good time to teach them, right? Yes. Okay, so you have the same, or I'll say a similar thing going on here. In this situation. Actually, Saul has been fighting with the Lord for a long time. Years at this point. But as, you know, like as we're looking at this and Saul is talking about how all the things that he's tried, we don't hear him saying, I repented before my God, and he still didn't answer. Because we know God. We know this about him. When we come to him and we confess our sins, right, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Immediately. That hasn't changed about God. You know, many times people believe there's a an old covenant God and a new covenant God. But if that were the case, that would mean he changes. But he is the same yesterday, today, and he's already and dressed it. He's the same good God. When he was talking on the mountain to Moses, talking to Mount, talking to Moses while he while they were on the mountain, and Moses asked to see his glory, he declared that he is merciful, right? And compassionate. He's yes, compassionate, full of mercy, keeping it for thousands of generations. So. He's not a, a, a mean God in one place, and now he's nice and sweet. You know, he's not a Sour Patch kid. He's good all the time. There's no variation or shadow of turning in him. So the same God that will forgive us today would have forgiven Saul. That doesn't mean he would have left him as king, per se. I don't, I don't know how God would have handled that, but I do know God would have forgiven him. When we come with the true heart of repentance, God is faithful. He's always there to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And even if it's not, you know, even if he wouldn't have continued to be king and God's already like, well, you know, we're still moving on from that. 
he still would have had a right relationship with him. He still would have been um, restored in his and God's relationship, which is the principal thing. Being king or not king, that doesn't matter because God would have still offered him grace in some capacity because he's just a good God. But the important thing would have been intact and God would have spoken to him and ministered to him and engaged in relationship with him again. So, As he did before, his own personal relationship. Absolutely. Where nobody knew, every, or I'll say nobody knew, it's a, or how was it phrased? Is Saul not one of the prophets? Mm-hmm. Paraphrasing, of mm-hmm. course, but that was the question, right? Clearly the Lord was speaking directly to and through Saul. But he chose not to have that relationship with the Lord, but to do things his own way. Hmm. Do you all remember in in the Gospels where Jesus is talking to um, people about being his disciples, and he said, if you, and I'm going to paraphrase, if he says to, if you seek to save your own life, yes. you'll lose it. Yes. Yes. But if you lose your life for his sake, You will find it and have it in Jesus Christ. You see Saul trying to save his own life for some time, taking things into his hands, you know, chasing David down, this, that, and the other, now consulting mediums, just in an effort to save his own life. Instead of coming in to Jesus, coming back to the Savior, right? And he knows him just as God. I don't quite know at this point in time that there is um, a Messiah. However, Paul talks about, um, the gospel being preached to Abraham, so mm-hmm. there's some inkling of it. There's a hint that there's a Messiah. They may not know his name yet, but they know there's more, that they know they can come to God. So if he had handed himself over to the Lord, the Lord would have saved him. Yes. So... I think that's a a clue for us to make sure that we're letting God be God in our life, letting him be our God. Because if you try to take the reins and do it on your own, then you're responsible for the outcome. And (laughs) Well, what was the outcome? It very plainly says that the Lord will deliver Israel with you into the hands of the Philistines. Now, let's Mm -hmm. let's go back uh, a second here. How did the Philistines get involved? Yeah, there was Goliath. But then what happened after that? Uh, they were raiding them. Who was raiding who? Uh, Saul was raiding the Philistines. Mm, Saul was raiding the Philistines. As opposed to well, what was said of David. You fight the Lord's battles. The ones that the Lord sent you to fight. <laughs> To be victorious in, mm-hmm. to bring glory and honor to His name, to show what the Lord can do. Mm. Saul was doing this on his own, mm-hmm. constantly, and constantly trying to use the Philistines as a way to eliminate David, to kill him. But the Lord delivered him. But now here it is that very thing that he tried to use as a tool to accomplish his own purpose. Is the very thing that is going to defeat Saul. Mm. 
Does that make sense? Any questions? No. It's kind of giving me a blank stare over here. Are you doing some some self reflection there? There's some conviction or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned David, honey, and don't forget we looked at David in verse twenty in chapter twenty seven, and he started doing things in his own. He sure did. His own strength and. And going out and raiding people and killing everybody. The Lord didn't ask him to do that. Right. But let's also look at what what the king or King Akish in this place says. Twice. He says it in the end of chapter 27 and um, in verse 28, right? He's made his people abhor him. Uh, his people Israel utterly abhor him. Therefore, he'll be my servant forever. And then he just has the the boldness or the audacity, if you will, to say it right to David's face, I'll make you one of my chief guards forever. Sin's a snare. It's a trap. Mm -hmm. Not doing things the way the Lord has asked us, or commanded us, whichever way you want to phrase that, to do. Being in disobedience, being out of alignment, stepping out from the covenant, is a trap. And it will snare us if we choose to go down that path, if we allow it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole and sole purpose and motivation of sin. As my old pastor used to say, is to eat your lunch and pop the bag. It's to cause you to die, cause various capacities of your life to come to nothing, to die, to cease to flourish, and ultimately bring your physical body and your soul into death, eternal separation from God, right? That's the whole point of it. There's nothing ever good meant for you. The devil doesn't have like, oh, I'm going to be sweet now and do something nice for you. No, it doesn't work that way. It does not work that way for anyone ever. And for the person that thinks, well, I'll just, I'll just go with the devil for a little while till I get what I want, then I'll switch back. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. So Now, can the Lord deliver you? Absolutely. Absolutely. However, you have to repent. You have to repent. You have to, I mean, there are some things, right, that have to be cast out and, and renounced and, and all that, but it's about truly repenting. The Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart, so he knows if it's true repentance or if it's just lip service, just something you're saying in the moment to, again, get your own way. And then, the intention is to go right back to it. The Lord knows all those things. He's not surprised by it. Mm-hmm. But he forgives those that are truly repentant, have a true heart towards him. Not lip service. Exactly. My pastor used to always say also that sin takes you further than you want to go and causes you to stay longer than you want to stay. So you think, oh, and I'm talking about the one that consciously, decidedly, allow goes towards sin that's what i'm talking about not the one that's like i didn't know i'm sorry lord i'm not talking about that person i'm talking about the one who determines and decides to use it as a tool it costs you more than you want to pay because the goal and the purpose and the intent of it is to kill steal and destroy it's not for anything good so the person who thinks they're outsmarting it ends up ensnared by it captured and paying a price that they didn't know it was going to be all that, right? Yes. 
Just like the man that tore his barns down and said, ah, I'll build bigger ones because look at me, I'm doing so great. And then what did the Lord say? Did you, did you not know your souls will be required of you this night? Mm -hmm. That caused him to be blinded, to not see what was coming. So I'm just saying. It does take more effort to walk with the Lord. It does. It's a narrow path. It takes diligence. It does. It takes discipline. Conscious, decided effort to walk with him. Does it mean you get everything perfect all the time? No. That's why we have a Lord and Savior. But it also means you don't make excuses and go, well, I'm just going to send some Lord. You forgive me when I'm done. <laughs> no. Because now your heart motivation is wicked. That's wrong. That's not godly. They go, Lord, I'm just going to sit in your face and you forgive me when I'm done. I don't think so. The Lord is looking for a heart, the, the people in the earth whose heart is perfect towards him. Right? Yes. Meaning they love him with their whole heart, their full heart, and they want to do his will. Then he is the one who, you have a question? No. Okay. He works in us both the will and to do his good pleasure in the earth. That's not a heart that's going, well, I'm just going to sin, Lord, and this, you're just going to take it. Why do you keep making that face, Layla? Because, Mom. Because why? It's just, it sounds like me when I was younger, when, like, how you guys are teaching me to be respectful. It's not, I'm just going to do what I want, and Mommy Dad just jump on my boat and do what I want to, right on my roller coaster. It's <laughs> not like that. So when you were saying that, it reminded me, and then I was like, Oh, man. It's just like me. Hmm. Pictures match. The fingerprints are the same. But it sounds like all of us at, at, some, at point. some point in time in our life. Mm -hmm. It's not just you. It's each and every person. However, be that as it may, you have to come out of that. You cannot stay there. You need to make sure that you are Living for God with your whole heart. If, I'll tell you now, the answer to the test, there's nothing for you in the world system and the world's way of doing things. Nope, there is not. All of your answers are in Jesus Christ, and there they receive their yes and their amen, mm -hmm. right, to the glory yes, of God. Yes. And our amen, we have to come into alignment and agreement mm -hmm. with it. Absolutely. All the promises in him are yes. Mm -hmm. And our amen, which is us saying, I agree, and I'm going to carry it out. So be it, Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lip service doesn't work. Yeah. Traditions, if you will, don't work. There's not a, a formula that you go, oh, well, if I do this and jump on my foot three times, or <laughs> jump on one foot three times, and, right? That's, that's not how it works. No. But I do want to point this out because, since I just brought up traditions. So after it's all goes and seeks the, this, merit, this spiritist, this medium, mm -hmm. what happens? She tries to feed him. Hmm. <laughs> what does Saul say? No, I will not eat. Had he eaten beforehand? No. Which is why he collapsed. All his strength went out from him. They and they articulate here. This is natural strength. 
Because it says he had not eaten all day and all night, right? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> natural strength left him. Where does our strength come from? There you go. Okay. So we already see there's a difference here. But then what happens? He gets suckered in and eats. No, he said, <laughs> he, said he would not eat. Which, in natural, by a natural perspective, what is this known as? Fasting. Fasting. Oh, I thought he was also playing his pity card. <laughs> <laughs> pity cards. Maybe. Oh. Pretty good. And there might be some of that too. Right? But in, in a natural or by traditional um, traditions, religious traditions, right? Could this not be considered a fast? But what does it accomplish? What is it accomplishing? What is this fast of Saul's accomplishing? Nothing. Okay. Why? Because he didn't repent during, he didn't have the right mindset during his um, fast. Okay, so what is the point and purpose of a fast then, sir? To do what the Lord says during the fast, then fixing your mindset during the fast. Sorry. Right, it is to buffet the flesh, right? Get it under control so that you can clearly hear the voice of the Lord, right? It is removing of all obstacles, anything that prevents you, even in the slightest, from hearing the voice of the Lord so mm -hmm. that you can be obedient, mm -hmm. right? So you can look at Isaiah 58 uh, from verse 6 to the end of the chapter. Where I don't have to go there right now. I'm just just so you guys are aware. Isaiah fifty eight from verse sixteen in the chapter says, Is this not the kind of fast I would choose? Right? And it is not about just having a fast where it's a period of not eating, if you will, or of denying yourself a, a pleasure. Right? But if you look at Isaiah fifty eight and then you look at what Jesus says in Isaiah sixty one which is what he utilized in Luke 4, where he read from, to define his ministry. Right? It is this. They are almost identical. The things that are said in there about what will be accomplished. So it is not about a fast and just withholding something, a, a pleasure, a desire, or whatever, for a period of time, whether it's food or whatever the case is, TV, internet, whatever that, that thing is. But it's about living a fasted life, one that you can always hear the word of the Lord. There is no obstacle or nothing that prevents you from clearly hearing his voice in your life so that you can do what he says the purpose, the plan, the calling, what he's asking you through his Holy Spirit in the moment so that he can be glorified. That is the point and the purpose. It's not about religious tradition. Because, yeah, you could say Saul was fasting. But what did it accomplish? Nothing. Nothing. 
Let's also look at what did this spiritist or medium have? Right in a fatty calf. Which is used for what? Sacrifices. I was thinking that was more so Passover. That was more so close to what they eat for Passover. Okay. Uh, that would be the, the lamb, the spotless lamb for Passover, and unleavened bread. She fed him unleavened so bread. She did. Good, but it was a fatty calf. What about spotless? What about the parable of uh, the prodigal son? Mm -hmm. As a celebration. That's a good idea. All right? Yes. Well, what's there to celebrate here? Uh, Saul's so dying tomorrow? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's definitely not something to celebrate. No, it's no. not, but if she was the one. You could wow. say, okay, that's what she has, but at the same time, no, it's, it's made very clear that, well, uh, it's not the Lord that has Saul right now. Clearly. It's true. But yet there's still a celebration occurring. Who is all serving? The devil. Okay. Same person she was. Same one. In a different way, sure. But the same one. Because that's not the Lord conjuring and mediums and all that. That's not God. So there's nothing to celebrate except for a celebration like the prodigal son when someone repents and returns. Right? Yes. With the prodigal son, he didn't even say the words to his father. He had already said them before he started the journey back, right? Yes. He said that in his heart, if you will, that he had sinned against heaven and his father. Mm -hmm. And he was content with just having a, a, being one of his hired servants. But the father saw him a long way off. And came to him. And then there was a celebration, right? Yes. Kill the fatted calf, prepare it, put on the best robes, put a ring on them. Mm -hmm. Much like what the Lord does with us when we return, when we repent, when we come to the Lord as his people, him being our God. There's a celebration. Who are you allowing to celebrate or the actions in your life? Who is re rejoicing? Is it the Lord that's pleased? Or is it the devil? Which one's rejoicing and celebrating? I don't mean that for you guys to answer or anything. Just there should be some pause, some reflection. Are my actions, are my behaviors, my words, are they bringing? Are they are they pleasing to my heavenly Father? Are my thoughts continually on Him?
or is it on myself? Any questions or comments or? No. I know it's a lot to, it's a lot to consider. It's a lot to, to ponder, if you will. But it is important for us to do that. Yeah. I definitely pity Saul still. No one, it's not a, a light thing to see someone especially who was, who was of the house of God, right, of the family, and should be serving the Lord, or at one time was, to see them struggling. So I, I feel sorry for him. Absolutely. But at the same time, the easy answer is just come back to the Lord. It's never God who departs, who leaves us. It's us who leaves the relationship, Right. God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But he didn't say he would co-sign on sin and rebelliousness. And, you know, I, I like to categorize it as nonsense because it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but God didn't leave him. Saul left God. And God just said, okay, but I'm not going to, you can't depart and then expect my blessing to be carried with you. My, my hand of help and strength to carry you and to fight your battles because you've already decided whom you'll serve. So I, I, I don't like being too hard on Saul, but at the same time, it is what it is. And it is written for our understanding so that we can know what happened, learn from those things, right? Just like we tell each of you. If you see one of your siblings that's not doing right, yes, go address them, right? Admonish them. Hey, come on back. Let's walk together in this. Mm -hmm. This isn't right. Not following the footsteps in the wrongdoing. Because mm -hmm. you already saw where that lands you, where you end up as a result, right? Yes. Okay. So these things are written for our benefit. It does help to look at someone, just to take a clear look, you know, as we look through the scriptures and go, okay, this is the actions that they took. This is the, the motivation, the mentality, the thought processes that they used, the spirit that they had on the inside of them. And this is the outcome. So it helps you, it should be sobering to help you look at yourself and go, well, if I do these same things, if I have the same mentality and the same attitude, there's no reason for me to expect a different outcome. This is where this kind of men, this kind of mentality, this kind of behavior, this is where it leads. And if it happened for Saul, God is, the law, the spiritual laws are what they are. <clears throat> Excuse there, me. There's no difference for anyone. The law of the spirit of life that we have in Christ Jesus supersedes them, just like the law of lift and thrust supersedes the law of gravity. Right? Yes. But they are what they are. Gravity doesn't pick you and go, I don't like your hair today. I'm going to get you. I'm holding you to the ground more than I'm going to hold everybody else. No. Gravity is not a respecter of persons. It, it does what it does. It is what it is. The, spirit, the laws of the spiritual realm, the spiritual laws that God set in motion because he is just, are what they are. 
yes, in Christ, we have redemption. We can overcome those laws, for example, the law of sin and death. The law of life that we have in Jesus Christ and liberty causes us to ride above that, right? Yes. And not be subject to it when we follow him and his ways and stay in step and in line with him. We supersede that law. We are able to overcome the law of sin and death through life in Christ Jesus. But if you are outside of Christ, that law is there. It's going to get you. And it doesn't, you're not special. You're not going to be the first one to go by your own means and overcome it. No, you're not. So, looking at the lives of these people that walked before us, be sober about it. Compare. Judge yourself is more so what I mean. It's not that you're judging them. You're no. identifying, right? People do this in the natural all the time. They look and they characterize people and they look at a person's life and they develop traits and habits and patterns that they that they did in their own life in order to say these are the traits of whatever a leader these are the traits of a servant this is the traits of a servant leader whatever it is right these are leadership traits these are these are things that are beneficial mm-hmm. for a person's life mm-hmm. and then they also look and say these are the areas that or things that they did which are contrary to that, counter, detrimental to Mm -hmm. someone. There's no difference in in this. This is all that that is happening here and in this moment. But it's always done with the same motive, right? That we can learn, that we can grow, that we can apply the good things to our life and then deal with the things that are counter or contrary to that. Them. Uproot them. If you see, if you are looking through the word and you see, hmm, I'm doing this. You know, God, you said do this. I'm doing this good part over here, but this part I'm still lacking in. Then continue to do the good part that you're doing, but now add in, bring in, work on this other area that you've identified that needs to be corrected. God is faithful. I cannot stress that enough how faithful and just Amen. he is. He will help us. He wants us to walk in a way that's pleasing to him. He's not a, in, in opposition to us doing that. So he will help you. But you have to desire it. You have to determine that that's what you're going to do. You're going to make sure that you measure up to the stature of Jesus Christ, to what he called you to be, and do everything within your power to get to that point. And God will come in. The Holy Spirit will help you and carry you. He'll make the path straight before you to get to that place. Don't find, don't examine yourself next to the word and just go, okay, well, good enough. You know, if you find an area that's lacking, don't wink at it. Don't pretend like it's not there. Address it. Address it. it. And keep moving forward in Christ. Something on your mind, Kyla? Well, yeah. Well, let's let's stop there, and we will continue tomorrow with First uh, Samuel twenty nine. Who wants to close us out in prayer? Promise. All right, sir. God, I, God, I thank you for just. 
leading us to the right way and not just letting us go straight and helping us focus on the areas that we need help in and then telling us the areas we need help in. God, I also thank you for just bringing us in and completing, helping us complete ourselves in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.